Well, Holmes, Watson, this is a great pleasure for me to welcome you to the Villa Bartique here at Le Palais. I hope your stay on the island will be both comfortable and interesting. May you have a wonderful holiday, my friends. Thank you, Andre. Your very good health and, and many thanks, Monsieur Dorian. Oh, Andre, please. I'm only too proud that the Belle-Ile has... Monsieur, Monsieur Herb, the yacht, the Grey Goose... The captain sent me. The owner, Henry Buckley, he is sitting at the desk in his cabin, and he is dead. Present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. The Grey Goose. Sherlock Holmes and I were taking one of our very rare holidays abroad together. It was in the summer of 1883, and the weather was glorious. Holmes had just finished an international case in Geneva, in which he had managed to greatly help André Lorient, a French diplomat and businessman. Lorient showed his gratitude in practical terms, part of which was to press an invitation upon Holmes and me to visit his villa at Le Palais on the Belle-Ile. That comparatively little-known island in the Bay of Biscay was, in those days, quite unspoiled. And we were out to enjoy ourselves enormously. When, that lunchtime, a sailor from a British yacht lying at anchor out in the harbour came with an urgent request for help. As we were rowed from the shore, Andre Lorient explained. Well, the yacht I had is the Grey Goose. Uh, she is owned by Henri Barclay. You may have heard of him. Quite a rich man. In similar business to myself. He married a French girl, Marcel. They sell these waters quite regularly as the Barclays have a house in Nantes. The captain of the Grey Goose is French, Yves Sarnat. There is a crew of three with Marcel and the uh, male secretary. Mm, she's a fine-looking yacht. You know this man Barclay well? Mm, reasonably well. Uh, I'm surprised to hear that he has died so suddenly. Although many years older than his wife, he always appeared in excellent health. But perhaps the captain can tell us the nature of the illness. I'm very glad you are with us, Watson. We are rather isolated on the island and have no skilled medical help. I shall be happy to be of service to Madame Barclay. Well, here we are. Uh, the captain is waiting for us. Go. Monsieur, I help you. Uh, after you, Holmes. Uh, Watson. Thank you. We climbed aboard the Grey Goose and found the captain waiting for us. After the necessary introductions, he showed us down a small companionway into the master cabin. It was furnished as a comfortable lounge, but also had the air of a businessman's office. Our attention was immediately focused upon the desk. Sprawled across it was the body of Henry Barclay. His face was contorted in a death agony. His hands extended as though to clutch the sides of the writing blotter. Nothing has been disturbed, Monsieur Lerion. The moment I was told of this, I locked the cabin door and sent ashore for you. I knew that you had two Englishmen staying with you. This yacht is registered in Great Britain, therefore it is British property. 
It has to be reported to the correct authorities that it's on her tag. I understand. Mr. Sherlock Holmes is a very famous detective. Uh, there will be no difficulties. He will take charge from now on. Oh, good. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I understand the good doctor, he can make the examination? Yes, of course, if you wish me to. It must have been a heart attack. If you will please, doctor. Uh, one moment before you touch the body, Watson. May I make a few observations? To start with, I see that Mr. Barclay appeared to be writing a letter. May I... Uh, gently now, Watson. Let me slide the letter out from under the outstretched hands. Yes, it appears to be a business letter. Addressed to the manager of Stewart Bank, London. It reads, Dear Mr. Mortimer, I've been going through my accounts and find from my passbook that I have three checks cashed for £500 each. I cannot recollect ever having drawn this money on those days. They are cash-to-bearer checks. Enclosed is the bank's statement with the withdrawals concerned marked with a cross. As I should be in Nantes for some months, I should be obliged if you would inquire through your clerks who cashed those checks. That's if it's possible to trace the person in question. I'm sure that there has been some... Oh, here the letter breaks off. That's interesting. So this, this is what he was writing when the so-called heart attack took place. So it would appear. I, um, I think I should like to ask a few questions from the crew and your secretary before reporting this officially, Captain. Uh, can you tell me how you came to be here, the purpose of this trip? It is what we do every year. We leave Southampton and cruise down to the Mediterranean. Always we call in at Nantes to stay for a while at the house. But uh, sometimes, if the weather is particularly fine, as it is now, we take our time and call in at the Belle-Ile. Our voyage here was uneventful. We anchored here early, having arrived outside the harbor at dawn. None of us has been ashore. At about 11 o'clock, Mr. Barclay came down here to his cabin, giving orders that he was not to be disturbed until lunchtime. At noon, his steward knocked at the door with a tray of drinks. He entered. Mr. Barclay was writing, and he left the tray and went out. At one o'clock, he returned to say that the lunch was ready, and he found a, a body, just as you see it. No one else has been in or out? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, very well. Well, I suggest we leave my good friend Watson to conduct his examination without interruption. Will I have a talk to the steward and the secretary? Uh, will that be convenient? We, oui, of course. Good, then, uh, lead on. Excuse us, Watson. Uh, will you join us in the saloon when you're finished? Uh, yes, very well. I shouldn't be longer than half an hour. Thank you, Arthur. Proceed, Captain. They left the cabin, and I was able to apply myself to the task ahead. I'd seen many dead men in my time and treated many sufferers of heart complaints. One look at the dead man's face told me it was not as straightforward as the captain thought. But I was careful not to jump to conclusions. I checked and rechecked as Holmes was taken out to question the cabin steward at some length. And then... It is just as I told you, Monsieur Holmes. I prepare Monsieur Barclay's drinks tray as usual. I take it in and he looks at it and he points to the table. I sit down and leave. Hmm. What was he doing at the time? Was he at the desk? Which table did you use? Oh, he was writing at the desk. The table was the one under the starboard window. It is not a porthole, you understand. It, it opens out onto the deck. Was well, the window or porthole open? Oh, we, we, we. The weather like this and that anchor, well, natural. Oh, uh, Captain Andrea, I am sorry to interrupt, but uh, this is important, you must know. It wasn't heart failure that killed Mr. Barclay. He was poisoned. Poisoned? Huh? By what exact poison, I do not yet know. But I'm sure it was administered to him by means of a drink. Poisoned? But uh, who could have done such a thing? I think that is what we are here to find out. Uh, might I suggest we return to the cabin? I take it that you locked the door, Watson? Yes, sir. I have the key. Uh, very well, Stuart. We shall not require you again at the moment. Please see that no one goes ashore. Uh, very good, Captain. Perhaps I might interview the secretary in there. Could that be arranged also, Captain? 
we returned to the cabin, and as we reached it, a tall, slender figure came striding down the companionway. It was the secretary, and to my utmost surprise, I found I knew him. Well, Dayton, David Dayton, surely James Dayton, sir. Good heavens, Dr. Watson, my father's old friend. Gracious me, what are you doing here, sir? Well, Sherlock Holmes and I are staying with Monsieur Loyan on the island, and we were sent for in connection with Mr. Barclay's death. Uh, you his secretary? Yes, that's right. I've been with him for a couple of years now. He found me useful because it's a British yacht and a French crew. Henry himself couldn't have been more English. His wife is French. And as my mother was French, and I speak both languages equally well, I... Well, I fit in rather well. Or rather, I did until this happened. It wasn't luck. A heart attack is the last thing I thought would have happened. It wasn't a heart attack, David. He was poisoned. You can't mean that. Poisoned? No. Has anyone told Mrs. Barclay? No, no, we have only just found out ourselves. I need confirmation. Uh, there should be a post-mortem. But I'm prepared to stake my reputation that it was poisoned. And the steward knows, and therefore I think it's fair to assume that the rest of the crew know. Uh, might I suggest that you're the best person to break this news to Mrs. Barclay, Captain? That should be good enough to do so straight away. And would you care to come inside, Mr. Dayton? I should like to ask you a few questions. Yes, yes, of course. I think you said that you've been in Barclay's employ for two years. You must know his affairs extremely well. Who has charge of all his private papers, money, things like that? Uh, Captain, that's safe. It's hidden behind the picture on the wall over there. Look, I'll I'll show you. Here. Now, there, the the safe has a special lock. I have a key, and there's one on his watch chain. It's a special lock. Difficult to open unless you know how. No one else knows how to open that but Henry and myself. I see. And his bank statements, empty check stubs, that sort of thing? Mm, they're all in the safe. I saw them there myself only a few days ago. Mm, I see. Uh, would you mind opening the safe for me, please? Of course. Although I can't really see why. I think it is most important. Excuse me. You are Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson? I am Marcel Barkey. I met the captain. He told me the news. Is it true? Henri was killed? It was not a natural death? I'm afraid it is true, yes. Then you must find the person who poisoned him. Find him quickly, so that he too may die. I do not care what steps you take, or how much money is involved, but you must find out who killed my husband. And when you do, I shall take my revenge. Barclay was very clearly a French woman. She was extremely beautiful, dark hair and blue eyes that looked straight at you quite fearlessly. She seemed more angry than distressed by the news of her husband's death. She informed Holmes that she'd be in her cabin if he needed to speak to her, and then, with a long, inscrutable look at the body of her dead husband, she turned on her keel and left us. Holmes, after making sure the safe was unlocked, asked us to leave him while he searched the cabin. I found myself alone with David Dayton. I'm sorry we have to meet in these dreadful circumstances, Dr. Watson. I find it all quite bewildering. You can throw no light upon it at all? I mean, it's clear that your late employer was poisoned between the hours of 12 and 1 o'clock. You mean that's when he took the drink? The steward took in the tray at that time. He always did. But if the poison was in the gin or the tonic, surely an examination of the contents of the bottles will show this. Sherlock Holmes will find that out. Have no fear. Of course, if the poison was simply sipped into his glass while he was unaware... Mm, But no one visited the captain except the steward. 
You sure? I'm only sure of myself, of course. I was sunning myself up on deck. Mrs. Barclay was there for part of the time. Then she went to change for lunch. Doctor, this is... This is terrible. I mean... Why would anyone wish to see Henry dead? I think Holmes will be asking you that question, David. After all, next to his wife, you must have known the man better than anyone else. Yes. Yes, I suppose I did. Well, I think that there's no need for a post-mortem to confirm your theories, Watson. Or to tell us the type of poison that was used to kill Henry Barclay. Here, look at this. Hmm? Small file. It's got a label with words scrawled across it. Uh, I can't read it very well. It says Amakara. It's a South American poison used by the Brazilian Indians. It's quite rare, but very deadly. I found it hidden away at the back of the safe in his cabin. That's what killed him, all right. Uh, how? I mean, well, I don't understand. Two or three drops of this in the bottom of the glass. The drinks tray was placed as usual on the table in front of the open window porthole that looked out onto the deck. Anyone who was passing outside could have reached in and tipped the poison into the glass. I see. But then the who could have done it? Well, anyone who passed along the deck. This file was hidden behind a book labeled Ship's Cash Account. Do you keep the cash account, Staten? Yes. Yes, of course I do. And no one but you and the dead man could get into the safe? Well, that's right, but... but... Look here. Are you trying to say that it was me? That, that I poisoned Henry? I'm not saying anything at the moment. I'm merely asking questions and gathering information. From that information, I shall sift the data, and then I shall be able to make statements. Uh, Jeremy, are you aware of the contents of this letter? Well, what is it? Well, it must have been the last thing your employer ever wrote. It's to his bank back in England, querying certain cash checks. Also in the safe was this balance sheet from the bank, which has the items marked in red ink. Three checks of £500 each. The letter says that Barclay doesn't remember authorizing those withdrawals or signing those checks. Mm. Let me see that. But, but I withdrew these cash amounts. You admit it? Of course I do. I was asked to make them. Henry asked me to do so. I made the withdrawals and took the cash and gave it to him straight away. What did he do with the money? How do I know? He must have had a reason for wanting the cash. I suppose he spent it. But if that is so, why write the letter? Three lots of 500 pounds. And he can't recall cashing those amounts, so it doesn't make sense. Look, none of this makes sense. The way things are looking at the moment, it all points to me, doesn't it? The file hidden away, the bank book, the missing money, and, and I cashed it. But I didn't do these things. You've got to believe me, Mr. Holmes. I didn't do it. What motive could I have had? I don't know. One final question, Dayton. What are your feelings for Marcel Barclay? Are they strictly platonic or of a somewhat romantic nature? They are strictly those of a servant and his employer's wife. There is nothing at all between us. And if you think that is a motive for me becoming mixed up in murder, then you're very mistaken. Now, please, may I go now? David Dayton moved away. I stared at Holmes. I simply could not believe that the young man who was the son of my old friend James Dayton could be a murderer. Holmes gestured to me to follow him... And we both made our way up onto the deck. And there, leaning against the rail, we looked out across the water to the vastness of the Bay of Biscay. Holmes was silent. Eventually, I could bear it no longer. It... Holmes, Holmes, this is impossible. Great heavens, I, I know Dayton's family. They're decent, civilized people, good citizens. There's never been the slightest scandal in their family. I simply can't believe that David is involved in all this. Oh, he's involved, all right, Watson. That's clear enough. But, but, you don't think he killed Barclay, do you? I mean, I mean, I mean why? What's the motive? Well, it could be money. We know that £1,500 is suspected of being stolen. Yes, but David explained all that. He said it was at Barclay's request. He hasn't got the money. Well, there's no proof of that, Watson. When a man is arrested and stands trial, he has to produce facts. Holmes, 
Mrs. It sounds as though you've already made up your mind that he's guilty. Oh, certainly not, Watson. Quite the reverse. I'm sure he is innocent. What? Why? I, I, I mean, you've been talking of facts. The facts are all against him. You, you've made them all fit in. On the contrary, Watson. There are a few simple facts that do not fit in at all. To start with, the poison. It's a very rare Brazilian poison, not much known in Europe. Now, according to the log, this yacht last visited Brazilian waters four years ago, just after Barclay married Marcel. Dayton was not with them at the time. I don't see how that file could have come into his possession. And another fact is, of course, why was the file hidden in the safe behind the cash book? If Dayton had used the poison, surely he would have thrown the file overboard, broken it, destroyed the evidence. Uh, yes, well, that is, unless there was more poison in the file if he wished to use it again. Ah, you saw the file, it was empty. And of course, there's the timing. The poison was put into the dead man's glass, and yet, after using it, someone put it back into the safe. But quite impossible. No, 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 Watson. There's been an extremely complicated plot to kill Barclay and place the guilt on Dayton. And that bears investigation. Holmes, uh, I... I, I'm literally and figuratively all at sea. Well, what, what's it all about? What happens now? Uh, I have a short talk to Madame Barclay, and then we leave for the island. Don't worry, Watson. Your young friend will not hang for a crime he did not commit. Excuse me, I shall be but a few minutes. There is very little else I can tell you, Monsieur Holmes. I cannot throw any light upon the matter that you have raised. I know no reason for my husband being killed. I know no one would wish to kill him or benefit from his death. I am sorry I cannot help you. Please, will you excuse me now? I am still very upset. Of course, I understand. Oh, uh, one final question. Your own relationship with David Dayton? You were friendly, that is all? <laughs> like all Englishmen, you think that the French wives are always unfaithful to their husbands. The answer is, there is no emotional involvement. David did at one time show some interest in me. I quietly told him that I was in love with my husband, and that was that. I even told Henri about it. We laughed together. That is all. There was no trouble, no intrigue. Thank you, madame. That will be all. Shortly after that, Holmes made arrangements to leave the Grey Goose. The body of Henry Barclay had been removed by dinghy to the island, and we were then rowed ashore. There followed a very busy and tedious afternoon and evening. It wasn't until after dusk that Holmes made a sudden announcement. Andre, uh, Watson, are you prepared to put an end to this case? But, uh, of course, Holmes. Uh, what do you intend to eat? Returning to the Grey Goose under cover of darkness. You have a boat. Will you row us over to the yacht straight away? Yes, yes, of course. Of course I will. Come then. We must be very secretive. No noise, not at any time. Dress with black clothing and wear your softest shoes. Quickly and quietly. That is our motto for this evening. Come. Andre Lorient was just as bemused as I was, but we obeyed all instructions, and with muffled oars, Andre rowed us back across the stretch of water to the yacht. Climbing aboard was not easy, but we managed it without arousing the crew. And then... Oh, careful, Watson. Right. This way, I think. There are lanterns glowing in the main cabin. Careful. Porthole window is, is open. Yes, you allow Holmes and the police to, to draw the obvious conclusions. I will remain silent about what I know, unless you agree to stay with me now that he is gone. But you agreed. Our love affair is over. Finished. No. No. Oh, don't you see, my darling? This is the most wonderful opportunity. Stay with me. We will marry. You will be the master of this yacht. 
I will share everything with you. We will be together for always. No, Master. This is all your doing, wasn't it? All yours. What? No. no of course not. You cannot think that. I would never have killed Henri. Then? Well, then I don't understand. David, you were his secretary. You knew there were financial difficulties. But even you didn't know the extent of his failure and his disappointment. And, of course, he knew about us. That is why he did it. He did it? Of course. He knew he'd lost me. He couldn't go on without me and his security. He took his own life. Poison. He hid the file. Questioned the cash that he asked you to collect. Made it look like murder. And the murder you committed. Oh, yes. But you can prove this? Oh, yes. And I promise I will speak. But only if you promise to stay with me and marry me. Well, David, what do you say? Don't say anything, Dayton. We have heard all we need to know. I think you will have to tell the truth without any conditions now. Don't you, madame? And so, with André and myself as witnesses, Marcel Barclay broke down and told the whole story. David Dayton was completely cleared of all suspicions. The police from the mainland were called in, and the truth, but only the truth of the suicide, was explained to them. What happened to Marcel, and whether she would have gone through with it and allowed her lover to hang for her husband's death, is a matter of speculation. But, as Holmes said... It is impossible to buy love and affection, Watson. Even more impossible to buy loyalty. And thank goodness it has ended as it has. If those two had stayed together, it would have ended in an even greater tragedy. How glad I am that such things do not enter into my life of detection. Ah, well, let us forget the most unsavory case, Watson... And enjoy the rest of the holiday, shall we? Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.